It's time for Dishing Up Nutrition with licensed nutritionist Darlene Kavist. Each week, Darlene explains the connection between what you eat and how you feel. Stay tuned to hear practical, real-life solutions for healthier living through good nutrition. Dishing Up Nutrition is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. Slow down, you move too fast. You got to make the morning last. Just kicking down the cobblestones. Looking for fun and feeling groovy. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. I'm Cara Carper, licensed nutritionist, and today I'll be hosting the show with my colleague, Anna Durhawk. Anna is also a licensed nutritionist, and together we are going to give you some information that will help you to eat smart while being active. So at Nutritional Weight and Wellness, we offer several different classes. One of our newer classes is called Nutrition for Peak Performance, And I actually had the pleasure of teaching this class with Anna. And, well, actually, she'll be teaching it this summer. But today, we are both going to give you the highlights of it on our show today. So welcome to the show, Anna. Thanks, Cara. I love being on the show with you. So, But I know the reason you and I were given this topic today because we um, pretty much all of our lives have been very active and can speak firsthand about how nutrition has improved our own performances and regardless of the specific activity. Um, But personally, I'm a runner. Um, I also love to bike. I swim a ton. I love downhill skiing when the snow is, is, you know, upon us. And I am obviously chasing after my three kids, so which is a <laughs> that's workout. a workout, totally. <laughs> that's right. Um, which you you'll experience firsthand coming up here. <laughs> um, and I don't know. I when I was younger, um, I used to eat you know kind of more that low fat, high high carb diet, and really I I suffered a lot from like low blood sugars. But um, now that I'm actually eating balanced and more protein, I feel so much better. I have way more energy when I work out, no matter what type of activity I'm doing. So it really has improved um, my overall performance. And I'll talk later in the show about how it's helped me. But I mean, I just can't say enough about how nutrition affects everything. And one of the things is athletic performance, regardless of what the activity is. I'm also a runner like you, and I do enjoy biking as well. I do weight training, yoga, love classes at the gym, like kickboxing. And then, of course, in the winter here, which seems to last about eight (laughs) months, the occasional downhill skiing. And then in the short summers that we have a little bit of water skiing. So, um, Anna, so do you want to tell listeners about, um, you know, what nutrition information we can give them today to support their bodies? Yes. So how you eat day-to-day actually will set the stage for peak performance. It's not whether you're you're training for a marathon, you know, um, for three months. It's really, you know, your day-to-day um, eating habits. And so it's just as important what you eat pre-workout as post-workout. So, um, Cara, do you want to give us a little bit of, you know... Um, information on kind of how to do that or kind of how to well sure I mean one thing I I just want to clarify before we get into all the details is you know I'm sure people are wondering right now oh this is going to be great I can find out what to eat before (laughs) my duathlon or they're going to tell me exactly how many carbs I should eat while I train for my 10k this summer Mm -hmm. Um, and maybe others are 
doing an just starting an exercise program for the very first time and are walking 15 to 30 minutes a couple of times per week. So please just know and understand that we can't possibly cover all of the information that would address everyone's specific needs out there in this one show. So we're actually not going to focus on specific races or games or events um, because any of these situations really would require an individualized nutrition plan. Yes, yes. So, Cara, there is quite a bit of information out, out there on sports nutrition, and people are always asking me about protein. How much protein, which type? So do you want to kind of, you know? Yeah, you know, I just had a friend email me a couple of weeks ago, and she wanted to get advice on what she should eat for her different workouts. Um, and She was under the impression that when she was lifting weights, she should be eating just protein. Right. And when she was doing her cardio workouts she should be eating just carbohydrates. Right. So there's just so much. There's a lot of misinformation out there, I think. Like everything in nutrition. (laughs) Right, exactly. So, but, you know, whether people are athletes or not, the body still requires a good balance of all three of those macronutrients, which we talk about all the time, but they're protein, carbohydrates, and fat. So um, we want to talk about protein first because most people just don't get enough of it. Um, and the more active someone is, the more protein um, they're going to need. Exactly. And so, you know, we know protein is critical for building and maintaining maintaining muscle mass. It's very important for enhancing immune system. It gives sustained energy throughout the day as well as during an event. It speeds up recovery time. And one thing that... You know, we won't get into too much today, but it is a precursor to neurotransmitters like serotonin and dopamine. And those are very critical, not only for good moods, but for focus during performance as well. Yes. So picture this. If you're not eating enough protein, your bodies are actually forced to catabolize or, in other words, break down the proteins from your muscle tissues. Um, That's how critical protein is. We need it for our structural needs in the body. Yes. And we will, I mean, you sometimes read about this as like a form of cannibalism. Yes. But that's basically what your body is doing. Mm -hmm. If you're, you know, if you're going on 30 grams of protein a day and you are, uh, you know, you're training for um, multiple events, you know, your body is going to start to break down and that's never a good thing. Right. It needs those amino acids and it's going to get them. No matter how. No matter how. If it needs to break down your own muscle tissue, it will will do so. Yeah. And the amount of protein per person really does vary depending on the level of activity. But um, the International Society of Sports Nutrition recommends between 1.4 and 2 grams of protein per kilogram of body weight. Now, I'm going to explain what the kilogram is and stuff like that. But if so, let's say you are 150 pounds, okay? Whether you're a woman or a man, um, you divide that weight by 2.2, and that will give you 68 kilograms. And then you times that by you know the amount of protein you feel like you need 1.4 between and between two. So thank you for explaining that. I know that's in all of the sports (laughs) nutrition books. Everybody uses the kilograms. kilograms. (laughs) Yeah, and then bodybuilders and strength athletes often consume more than this with no ill effects. So I mean, if you go over it, it's okay. But just again, be careful if you do over two because you know ketosis is not a good thing. And it might not be necessary, but you know, I do know that a lot of bodybuilders will. Use, you know, two grams of protein per pound per, of their body yep, weight. Exactly. So, yep. 
But really the hardest part about eating sufficient protein is having it available throughout the day. I mean, this is what we hear from our clients and our class members. Um, But we do recommend getting the majority of our protein from sources such as fish, chicken, eggs, grass-fed beef, and also dairy sources like plain full-fat yogurt, Mm -hmm. um, cottage cheese, and whey protein powder. And I've found, you know, for myself and for my clients that it's a lot easier to reach that total amount of protein that's needed in a day by adding in whey protein powder. And most whey protein powder will contain about 10 to 20 grams of protein per scoop. And the kind that we carry at our office just happens to be 17 grams per scoop. Right. And you you do need to be a little weary of, you know, where you buy your protein powder and careful about buying protein powder because there's a lot of things that they put in in those things. Um, A lot of times they'll put like a lot of sugar in them or they'll contain artificial sweeteners like aspartame, which is the same thing as NutraSweet or sucralose, which is Splenda. So ours is actually sweetened with stevia and stevia is a natural sweetener coming from a plant. It doesn't spike your blood sugars and it's, it tastes great. So even for diabetics. So Yep, and I brought our protein powder, if anybody yes. has any questions on it. <laughs> but it, it tastes great. I mean, we do mm-hmm. have the vanilla and the chocolate, the natural flavor, um, and none of them are high sugar. Nope. Because They're we're able low. to sweeten them with stevia. Exactly. So unless someone is really sensitive to dairy, because whey protein does come from a dairy source, um, so unless they're really allergic or sensitive, yeah. that is the recommended type of protein powder. It's superior to other vegetable sources that are out there, such as soy. You know, you'll see hemp, hemp. pea protein, rice protein. And um, before, so before we go into the next macronutrient, though, today, because we're going to talk about protein, fat, and carbohydrates, I first want to mention a mineral that almost three-quarters of the population is deficient in. And if you've listened to Dishing Up Nutrition before, you have surely heard us talk about magnesium, right? <laughs> yeah, we talk about it probably almost every show. Um, but since it's such a com- it's so common to have a deficiency here in the U.S., um, even a sedentary person, um, it's much more likely that, that an athlete will have a deficiency in magnesium um, because magnesium is, magnesium is actually lost in sweat. And also our bodies use it up um, more quickly when the body's under stress. Which, for a hard workout, could cause stress. Right. Even working out can be considered a stress on the body. Yep. So we know about magnesium that it relaxes muscles, and for an active person, it can reduce muscle fatigue and reduce muscle tightness. So the recommended amount, if you're taking a supplement, would be 400 to 800 milligrams. And the best form, the most absorbable form, is magnesium glycinate. Some people might need even more than four or eight hundred yeah. milligrams. Yep, and I know I've taken it for um, severe muscle cramps and things like that. So, um, you know, it definitely works, um, and you know, it just helps relax the muscles after after a hard workout. So let's take a quick break now, and it's before we go on to break. I just want to give you a little food for thought. In two thousand three, the Journal of Clinical Nutrition published a study that demonstrated a diet rich in whole grains did, in fact, reduce mortality from all causes. So what was even more surprising was after adjusting for dietary levels of fiber, vitamin E, folate, phytic acid, 
iron, zinc, and magnesium in the diet, they found additional health benefits to eating the whole grains that none of those nutrients by themselves or even those nutrients altogether could explain. So please, if you have questions or comments for us today on Nutrition for Peak Performance, give us a call at 651-641-1071. If you're like me, you try to eat right, but the definition of healthy eating seems like a moving target. Should I eat low-carb or low-fat? Do eggs and butter raise my cholesterol? Is coffee good after all? Don't rely on sound bites and infomercials for something as important as your health. You deserve recommendations based on biochemistry. Nutritional Weight and Wellness is offering My Talk 1071 listeners a complimentary e-newsletter that is chock full of nutrition information and tips. The Weight and Wellness Way newsletter provides sound information and practical strategies from a nutritionist's perspective. Learn a natural approach to healthy eating based on real whole foods you buy at the grocery store. All this and best of all, it's free. To subscribe to the complimentary Weight and Wellness Way e-newsletter, go to weightandwellness.com and enter your email address. Then watch your inbox every month for nutrition news and special offers that will help you look and feel your best. For information on other services at Nutritional Weight and Wellness, call 651-699-3438. licensed nutritionist and i'm here with cara carper licensed nutritionist as well and before we went to break cara kind of mentioned some research about the power of whole grains and for those of you who who don't know what whole grains are i'm just going to throw some out there for you um quinoa wild rice brown rice steel cut oats those are all um really rich whole grains um but what i wanted everybody to know is that the subject's getting the same amount of the nutrients listed before, zinc, magnesium, vitamin E, fiber, etc., from other sources, okay? We're not as healthy as the whole grain eaters. Um, and I thought that was just crazy because, well, it's not crazy, but we, we're always telling people the, about the power of food, like real whole foods. And, um, you know, there's so many things that we don't know about food yet um, that, you know, you can't, you can't get the same things um, as a powder or a pill form. So um, as we nutritionists like to call it food synergy, you know, there's so many things that it, they do that it does for us. So we haven't even grasped the power of what whole foods can do for us. But Car, do we have a caller? Yes. Let's take our first caller today. Hi, John. Welcome to the show. Do you have a question? Yeah. Hi. Um, Hi. It seems on a weekly basis, you guys sort of bash soy. You don't seem to like it or you find it inferior in some way. I'm wondering why that is, and also if you could comment on the, you know, what's better, soy milk versus, you know, milk from cows. Sure. I mean, one thing about soy, and it's, we're actually doing a a whole entire show on soy. You might be interested in that (laughs) at the end of June. I think it's June 28th. Okay. Um, So it's, I mean, not all forms of soy are bad, and so we'll talk about that when we have a full hour to dedicate to it, but... Fermented soy is is a lot easier digested by the body than some of the more processed forms of soy. Um, And sometimes, you know, soy can actually inhibit thyroid function in certain individuals. Mm -hmm. And Anna, do you want to talk a little bit more about like soy Mm -hmm. versus whey and then also answer this question about dairy? Yeah. So, um... So soy, it just um, since it's coming from a plant protein, it's um, a lot harder for the body to absorb and break down. And kind of like Cara mentioned, 
Um, and so we just, you know, most people, especially who have digestive problems, cannot even break down soy. So that's why we don't we don't consider it a high quality protein um, source for most people. But um, some people can. Um, but especially in a soy protein powder, um, it's highly refined and processed. So we don't usually recommend soy protein at all, like powders. The powder. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, um, you know, and we'll talk about this later on in um, a different show, but tempeh is a great source of, pro- of soy protein and things like that. Um, but the difference between, or, you know, cow's milk, if you can't do cow's milk, um, you don't do well with that. I don't do well either. Um, some of the other ones you could do are coconut milk, um, or, um, almond milk. Those are the two that I, um, tend to use the most in my, my house, um, because two of my children are highly, um, sensitive to dairy as well as myself. So I would definitely do more of a coconut milk or an almond milk if you can't do, um, cow's milk. John, are you sensitive to cow's milk? Um, not that I've ever necessarily been aware of, but I tend to like soy milk more. Is okay. there like a soy milk that is a good one? Um, <laughs> not how they make it here in the U.S. Um, it's just, it's it's kind of more of a refined um, process and how they make soy, um, specifically soy milk. So I don't know it, and it also raises estrogen levels. So you know, for anyone, that's not a good thing. Um, so you're saying as a man, I should probably not drink it for that reason. Yes. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't drink it daily. I think yeah. if, if you can digest soy once in a while, it shouldn't be a problem, but I wouldn't have like a soy shake every day. Yeah. Or like with a try to you limit know, you don't that. Do that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. yeah thanks, thanks a lot John. for your call. That is a great question. Mm-hmm. So, that and that'll be interesting to talk more about soy because that is such a hot topic. Yes. And so, for our listeners out there, we don't mean to bash soy. It's just not a very digestible protein for us. So Right. And like you said, you know, tempeh is a wonderful source. Yeah. Miso. Miso. And yep. some of the other fermented soy products. Yes. Okay. So, Kara, I know we were talking about magnesium glycinate before. Um, but, you know, for a lot of athletes um, to achieve or maintain a tone, lean figure, um, especially... Um, you know, they have this misconception that they have to eat no fat at all or low fat. And that's not necessarily true, is it? No, it's not. And we're bombarded with this message. I can't believe that the no fat, low fat <laughs> message is, is still so prevalent, Just you know, whether it's TV commercials or magazine articles. But I, what I've seen is that athletes are especially prone to having this way of thinking that they need to be eating no fat or or low fat um, to maintain like a lean body mass but this really couldn't be farther from the truth truth. yeah I mean you should see some of our clients walking in they are the leanest and very muscularly toned people and they're eating lots of fat Mm -hmm. but healthy fat so (laughs) um, but dietary fat contains um, more than twice as much energy per gram than carbohydrates so it contains nine calories per gram versus four calories for carbohydrates um, and this makes fat a much more efficient fuel, especially for long lasting exercise like endurance exercise. Um, the amount of energy stored as fat for a woman weighing 60 kilograms, there it is again. So she's like 132 pounds, all right, um, with an, a normal body composition, would provide 135,000 calories. So, in other words, if only fat or only car- carbohydrates could be used as fuel, the carbohydrate stores would deliver energy for about 90 minutes of marathon running, and the energy derived from fat stores would be good up for 
up to 120 hours of marathon running. That's interesting. And I'm just going to clarify, Anna, you're not saying that people should only eat fat (laughs) and not eat carbohydrates or protein. That's just a hypothetical situation showing the importance of Of fat as as an energy source for the, the, the athlete. Yes. But that's a great point. It's a necessary fuel, especially for endurance athletes. Yes. And I remember way back when I was in my 20s and I was exercising pretty much how I do today, which is four to five times a week. But at the time, you know, pre-nutritional weight and wellness, I, re- I was really struggling with my energy during exercise. So I would often find that I would get halfway through my run or my bike ride or even I couldn't even make it sometimes through a 60 minute aerobics class. I would get lightheaded, dizzy week and often I would have to stop and if I was out biking or running I would end up walking home and the first thing I would do is just run to the refrigerator (laughs) I've had those those attacks yeah have you they're not fun yeah and you just (laughs) you your body is so stressed out so but low blood sugar is basically what you were experiencing and as as for myself so let me guess you weren't eating enough fat back then no, I wasn't. I, you know, I didn't understand the importance of eating that balance of protein, fat, and carbohydrate. I think I was just focusing more on eating carbohydrates by themselves. Right. And we know that that's going to spike blood sugar, which in turn causes it to crash. And that creates the symptoms that I had, the low blood the sugar low symptoms. Blood yeah. And it's so important to know the difference between fats that, uh, you know, because... There are really good fats, and then there are those nasty trans fats and other unhealthy refined um, oils, um, which can actually lead to um, insulin resistance on our cells, which is basically prediabetes and and belly fat. Nobody wants belly fat. Right. So the wrong kinds of fats can be detrimental not only to the body mass, but for our health. Yes. So the fats that we recommend, they're the healthy fats that are in their original form. Not a lot has been done to them as far as being processed. So we recommend oils like olive oil, coconut oil, butter, nuts and seeds, avocados. They're all wonderful. And um, Anna, you wrote a great article for our newsletter on coconut. Was it coconut oil? Yeah, coconut oil. Okay. And I remember at the time... Did you mention that you were using it during workouts or before workouts yep. or something? Yeah, before okay. workouts. Yep. Um, and so, and the reason why I use it before workouts, pre-workout, is because medium chain triglycerides, that's what's in coconut oil, um, are absorbed um, more rapidly and di- and they don't need the use of bile or other enzymes to break them down. So they're actually used as a as a, a direct source of energy for our cells compared to like longer chain triglycerides, which are in like olive oil and sometimes butter. So, um, and it's also been found that medium chain triglycerides may even improve exercise performance by increasing free fatty acids and reducing muscle glycogen breakdown, which is what our body stores sugar as in the muscle cells so it can use it as energy. So it can actually delay exhaustion in, you know, longer um, bouts of exercise. I know Kristen, who is one of our teachers at Nutritional Weight and Wellness, she talks about eating macadamia nuts, Mm -hmm. I think, before her runs. And maybe she even brings them on her long runs. And she's a frequent marathon runner. Yeah. So I figure, hey, if it works for her. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And I've done that, too. (laughs) Have you? Yeah, I was training for 
grandmas and then I got pregnant. <laughs> and you didn't finish? Time. I no. can't believe it. <laughs> so, but I used, when me and my husband were both doing it and we'd take macadamia nuts on our run and we felt so much better after we ate them. So, and you know, I use coconut milk, which I guess yeah. is yep. similar. I, I'll either use like coconut milk from the can, which Thai Kitchen is the brand that I like, but yep. there's other brands, or a tablespoon of coconut oil. Yeah. And I use that in my smoothies before working out. Yep. So it's same concept. I mean, both of those yep. are medium chain triglycerides. triglycerides as well. Yes. Um, and I know one of the most common questions out there um, is really about carbohydrates and um, whether or not to carb load, but stay tuned because first I want to d- discuss another really important nutrient. Um, and we've talked about it um, on other shows, but it's um, the amino acid is called L-glutamine. And it's actually really, really important for many tissues to optimally function in the body. So Anna, it is time for our second break. But before we go to break, here is some more research. In 1982... There was a researcher, this sounds like an Irish person, Kieran O'Day, mm-hmm. and Kieran conducted an experiment with Aborigines from Western Australia that had once lived in the bush. So all of the subjects were overweight. They were type 2 diabetics that had high triglycerides and high blood pressure. Sounds like metabolic syndrome. Yeah, metabolic syndrome. So O'Day had them all return to the bush for seven weeks, so they were living like hunter and hunter and gatherers again. Yep. Um, they were only allowed to hunt or gather what they ate. So the Aborigines, for the first two weeks, this is what they lived on: seafood, kangaroo meat, and grubs. They moved away from the coast for the last five weeks, and then ate mostly fish, shellfish, yams, figs, birds, turtle, and honey. <laughs> So, very interesting. Stay tuned for the results of this amazing experiment. And again, give us a call today if you have any questions. It's 651-641-1071. So, welcome back to Champ Nutrition. I am Anna Gerhardt, licensed nutritionist. And I'm here with Cara Carper, also licensed nutritionist. And we are talking about... Um, we were talking about peak performance, but before we went to break, um, Cara mentioned um, a research experiment that about um, Aborigines um, in Western Australia who had diabetes, who went back to living off of the land, basically, in the bush. And after seven weeks of eating mostly seafood, kangaroo, meat, grubs, yams, and birds, the researcher, um, Odie, drew blood and found great improvements in triglycerides, in their blood pressure, and even the amount of insulin in the bloodstream, which is huge because they're all diabetics. Um, All of them had lost an average of 18 pounds, um, and even the proportion of omega-3s had increased dramatically in their tissues. Um, But you can imagine uh, if you're eating seafood almost every day that it would definitely increase. Um, And in every subject, the abnormalities of type 2 diabetes, such as like the metabolic syndromes, you know, like the um, high insulin, the the blood pressure, the high cholesterol, triglycerides had either greatly improved or completely normalized. The power of whole foods again. I mean, it's just amazing. You know, they they was seven weeks and seven weeks and they weren't on any insulin. They didn't have any of their diabetic drugs. I mean, it was just amazing. So that was just done completely by by just changing diet. Yes. And I want to mention you guys. When they were in the city um, living there, their their main components of their diet were um, white flour, sugar, B12, 
beer, potatoes, um, a, a small variety of fresh produce, um, and um, what was the other one? Oh, and other highly starchy vegetables. So, you know, it was a lot of sugar and mm-hmm. hardly any good fat and hardly any protein. So so creating just tons of inflammation in the body and yep. insulin. and yes. Yeah, that was a great study that you found. We have another caller. Looks like Lakota's on the line. Hi, welcome to the show today. Hi. Hi. Do you have a question for us? Yeah, I actually do. Um, I'm calling actually because I have a stress fracture in my foot. And um, I'm a pretty big runner. um, But I've been pregnant and nursing probably on and off for the last five years. I have four kids under the age of five. And I'm currently still nursing my one child I'm just wondering if there's any foods or anything um, that I could be doing differently to kind of help my stress fracture heal. Anna, we were just talking about that on break. How she had a stress fracture. And yes, Anna, you guys have a similar story. (laughs) Yeah, um, definitely. So um, what you want to do is you definitely, have you been trying to rest it for a little bit? Yeah, but, okay. uh, it's but it's hard. I've been better. swimming and biking, but I'm, okay. I'm kind of a runner at heart. So right, so you you're, you want to get back out there? Yeah. Okay, so um, what you want to do is you actually want to give it a good rest for one week. Don't okay. really don't try to do anything real strenuous. And then um, the most benefit beneficial foods you can eat are the protein is going to help heal it. That's what protein does. It helps heal the body and tissues. Um so you might want to up your protein, especially if you're still nursing. Um, yeah. You know, we definitely need more more um, protein when we're nursing. So um, up your, your protein intake. Do you, do you eat protein with each meal and kind of in between meals? or? I mean, um, my baby has been really colicky, so I say that I eat chicken and lettuce. Oh, chicken and lettuce. <laughs> okay. I, <laughs> I've cut out so much food in my diet. So, I mean, I've completely eliminated dairy for the last, like, eight months, which okay. is part of the reason why I think I'm, you know, potentially having this problem. Right. I don't know how my calcium intake is. Oh. It could um, be. Unless you're get, if you're getting plenty of greens, though, that'll help with the calcium. Oh, good. Um. Um, another thing is the omega threes. Are you getting a good amount of omega threes or fish in? Well, no, I'm not. And you know, I did take the omega three supplement, but it seemed to make her also super fussy. And it's, I know it's so, it sounds so odd. So I quit taking that too because, you know, if I would take it, you know, she would be so cranky. But now she's okay. getting better, so I think I could probably try to take it again and see if that would help. Yeah, and it and it could have been like the quality if it was rancid already the 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 fish oil it would definitely it would definitely cause you know that that tummy ache and the colic and all that stuff. Oh, okay. I didn't realize it could go bad. Okay. Yes. Um. So make sure you get it like at a like a co-op or at our office. We sell a good quality fish oil as well. Okay. So great. Yeah. Uh, but that'll right. help reduce that inflammation hopefully in there, and just make sure that you rest it too. Okay, thank you so much. Thanks for You're your welcome. call, Lakota. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Hi, Debbie. Welcome to the show today. Do you have a question? Uh, yes, I do. Thank you. I have um, a daughter who is in high school athletics, and um, they have the challenge of being at school all day and then getting on a bus for like an hour or so to go to an event, and then they're at the their event. Like she was just in track for, you know, four hours what can you suggest that, I mean, I can give her when she leaves the house in the morning to eat um, before or during the track meet to keep up her uh, energy levels? 
Well, have you been, I don't know how familiar, familiar you are with our company, but have you been to our website? Uh, yes, I have. You have. Okay. Are you, have you seen our protein shake recipe? Um, I do. I have. I do make um, protein shakes for him in the morning because I did do the uh, weight and wellness class. So oh, great! I'm okay, that recipe. Okay, I was just thinking. I guess she's already doing that in the morning. I thought maybe you could do that and freeze it and give it to mm-hmm. her, and then by you know track practice, it would be thought out. Yeah. But or oh, okay, I hadn't thought about yeah spending it with her frozen. Um, yeah. I have made like uh, turkey and cheese and. Um, whole wheat bread sandwich and given that to her frozen wrapped in tinfoil and she's done that i'm just wondering if there's other things that might um you know that are easier to like you know because a lot of the kids i see at track meets they're eating like pop tarts and just yeah awful things oh my and, gosh i know um i'm just wondering you know if there's other quick things that are good snacks that could be helpful for them during uh, the track meets um what about beef jerky like if you found a really good or if you made it yourself or you, there are good brands out there of beef jerky okay. you could do that that'd be good for the protein and then um we also have wonderful protein bars that would also help her with her performance and just keep her blood sugar stable and um and that would be quick that's something that she can just throw in her bag um it's hard to find good protein <laughs> bars we do have really good ones at our office um J Rob is a brand. I mean, yeah. we carry a couple of those, but mm-hmm. I've heard that the, you can get those at other places as well. Yep. If you don't, yeah, I have those. seen those at Vitamin Shop. Oh, okay. Yep. So that that would be a good protein bar out there. Um, Does she like hard boiled eggs? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you tried no, that. She doesn't. I those, which um, hold up through the day either. Don't they have to be refrigerated? Well, you know, sometimes I'll have them. I mean, yep. eggs actually, if, if they're out in the shell stable. and she just like peeled it before, but it sounds like she doesn't like that option <laughs> anyway, but they could potentially be unrefrigerated for a part of the day. Right. Um, or even um, like beef sticks from like Thousand Hills Farms beef sticks. Beef jerky or yep. beef sticks. Or, or beef, yep, jerky. Yep. It gets hard when there's no option to have like refrigeration. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> yes, it does. And then even almonds. Almonds would be a great mm-hmm. source of um, energy, too, if she could just have a bag of almonds with her. Um, Another thing, you know, earlier in the show, we talked about whey protein powder. Um, I always like to just bring a little baggie of whey protein powder with me and mix it in whatever I can. Mm-hmm. Sometimes just water. Oh, okay. Because several of them taste pretty good, especially if you get like a chocolate or vanilla. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mix it in water. Or if she's not dairy sensitive, she could mix it in milk. Yep. And right. that would actually give her adequate protein, and then maybe she could have like a piece of fruit and some nuts. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. What about like um, mm-hmm. some? You know, there's so many sports drinks out there. Could you talk a little bit about um, you know, like Gatorade and and all that stuff? Um, and I need to hang up because I've got a, a coffee. Sure. You, phone, yeah. And you know what? We are gonna we're talking a little bit later in the show. Can you? <laughs> Listen to the rest of the show because we do Absolutely. have a Thank section you. on um, yeah. energy drinks. That would be great. Thank great. You so yep. Thanks, Thanks for your call, Debbie. Bye-bye. <laughs> okay. So let's just get back to the script for a minute, Anna. Um, yeah. Probably about 10 minutes ago, you were talking about you introduced L-glutamine, oh, yes. which is an amino acid that supports our tissues, many tissues in the body. Um, And so you may have heard us talk about it on other shows in relation to digestive health. 
but it's a primary fuel source for not only the digestive system, but for the immune system and skeletal muscles. Mm -hmm. So it's easily depleted if someone has an infection, they've had surgery or trauma, and also it's depleted from exercising. So when it's depleted, that means it's not available for other areas of need. Yes. And during intense training schedules, it's really easy for muscles to become depleted of glutamine. And in order to fully recover from a workout, um, supplementation is needed. Otherwise, the muscles go into a constant catabolic or what we talked about, a muscle breakdown state. Um, and that can leave you susceptible to other things like Ankara. You want to explain what yeah, I mean, if, if you're in the catabolic state, here's what happens. I mean, you're more likely to become, to, to catch something, mm -hmm. um, an infection, or to have digestive problems because all of these tissues in the body require glutamine. And there's only so much to go around. Right. And overtraining syndrome, we've seen it many times in athletes. So, Cara, do we need to take a break? Yeah, if you just want to finish up and we'll take a break in yeah. just a second. So some protein powders contain L-glutamine, but usually not very much, maybe 100, maybe 500 milligrams. So um, you want to take it separately as a supplement um, between 5,000 and 10,000 grams per day. And higher endurance athletes may need um, the higher dose, and it can be taken pre-workout and post-workout. And it's easy to get the high doses in powders versus capsules, but either form is great. All right. Well, we're on our last break. And first, I just want to mention some upcoming classes. If you're looking for some tips on how to eat healthy to improve your athletic ability, there's that class that I talked about earlier, Peak Performance. Kristen will be teaching that in Lakeville on May 31st, which is a Tuesday from 4.30 to 6 p.m. We are also having an ADD class in our St. Paul office. I think it's in our St. Paul yes, office. Yes, okay. it is. <laughs> uh, June 1st, it's a Wednesday from 6.30 to 8.30 so if you have children or that have issues with focus, or even if you have issues yourself, that would be a great class. So um, we may have time for a couple more questions today. So give us a shout here, 651-641-1071. Welcome back to Nutrition at Nutrition. I am Anna Durhak, and I'm here with Cara Carper. Both of us are licensed nutritionists, and we have been talking about how to have peak performance with eating the right foods. Um, and I just wanted to let you know about one more class um, coming up. It's Nutrition for Young Adults on June 6th in our North Oaks office, and Kristen actually is going to be teaching it from 6.30 to 8.30. Um, if you have teens or college students that really want to learn about how to eat healthy or how to get rid of acne or pesky weight gain that they might have gained over the year, um, this is a great class. So please call our office at 651-699-3438 or check us out on the web at weightandwellness.com. Okay, it's time for a couple more callers here. Good morning, Luann. Welcome to the show. Hi, I just have a quick question. What kind of protein powder do you recommend for someone who um, is sensitive to dairy? You know, the first one that I would recommend is an egg white protein powder. Okay. Are, is this for you? Yes. Are you sensitive to eggs? No. Okay. I mean, that would be the most bioavailable, most absorbable, high-quality protein after whey would be an mm -hmm. egg white protein. Okay. Um, and then another option... Um, is um, a brown rice protein, um, but it tends to be a little bit higher in carbohydrates. So the yeah. best the best one would be the egg white protein powder. Okay. Yeah. And are there any whey proteins where they have removed the lactose? 
Oh, yes. Yep. Um, if you're just sensitive to lactose, uh-huh. what you want to focus on is a whey protein isolate. That is Whey protein what? Isolate. Isolate? Uh, yep. Okay. And that has removed all lactose and most of any type of other fat that would cause kind of, uh, you know, a problem. So, and all the casein has been stripped of it too. So, the casein. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if it's just lactose. I just know any kind of dairy. Um, yeah. So you probably won't. I mean, that might still upset your stomach. So. Yeah. Okay. You could try it though, because yeah. you know some people that are sensitive to milk and cheese and yogurt and ice cream yeah. can tolerate a whey, a whey protein powder. Yep. That has the. That, the, that is the isolate. Okay. Exactly. Yep, that's the, okay. Yeah. Yep. All right. Thank yeah, you. Great call. Much. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Okay. We'll take one more caller, Anna. Okay. Good morning, Patty. Welcome to the show. Yeah. Uh, my story is long. I'll try to make it short. It's uh, I'm an eight-year cancer survivor and doing well there, but uh, my problems result from that. I had radiation that went into my very lower back, and about five years into it, got a spontaneous fracture there and was on bed rest for about six months and I gained 30 pounds and I got better and was beginning to be able to exercise a little and then got a a patellofemoral syndrome in my knee where I couldn't exercise so I can move very little and I it's a vicious circle because I can't lose the weight and I'm just wondering if you have I have been told calories in calories out and very low calorie diet, and if you have any suggestion for how I could eat to start losing some of this weight, wow! Can we cover that in <laughs> thirty seconds? Okay. <laughs> so my suggestion to you would be: you sound like you need a consult. Okay. You definitely need a consult. Come see Dar or Car or or myself. You definitely need a consult. It's okay. Um, it's definitely more than just you know um losing weight. So. Right. Yes. Okay. And you know, if, if for those of you listening out there that cannot exercise for whatever reason, mm-hmm. an injury mm-hmm. or th- arthritis, um, nutrition, I mean, it is possible to lose the weight yep. from nutrition, but it has to be very carefully planned out yep. and individualized. Okay. Because yeah. that's all I get from the doctors is... Calories and calories. You know you need to you 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 need to lose weight. Yeah. And I'm like, well, you're well like, how can okay, I possibly but... <laughs> lose weight when I can't? Yeah. I mean, when I can't move, and so, yeah. I mean, it is it possible? I guess I'm asking. It is possible. It is. We've seen yes. it time and okay. time again. But yeah. I would just need a real detailed mm-hmm. plan. Yeah, because we need to go through what you know what's all been you know your whole health history. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. All right. Thanks a lot. That's a great call, though. Good yeah. luck. And yeah, try to get in for an appointment or a class or something. Yeah. I'll do that. Okay. okay thank, thank you. you. Thanks. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So, Anna, I want to make sure that the previous caller who had a question on energy drinks gets her question answered. Yes. So, you know, unless someone is exercising for over an hour, only water is needed for hydration. Energy drinks and electrolyte replacement drinks are very popular, but they're not always necessary. They are beneficial for something like a 10-mile run or a two-hour bike ride. However, many of them contain high sugar in the form of high fructose corn syrup or artificial sweeteners or both. And there's different kinds of electrolyte replacements. We actually carry one that doesn't contain any sugar or carbs and that's a great way to replace lost minerals without adding all the sugar. And the brand name is Peltier Water. Yes. Yep. 
And then if someone does want an electrolyte replacement containing some carbohydrates, um, another good product by Metagenics is called Endura. And um, I know I've used it. Cara, have you used it before too? Yeah, I actually, yeah. I have my container over there. I brought it in case we needed to look at the label. Yeah, and it's just, uh, it's a, you know, it's just in the form of, it's got a little bit of fructose in it. Um, it's got magnesium. And then you can either get an orange flavor or um, a lime flavor. And it's just, I mean, it's almost like a multivitamin here. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's got 29 yeah, carbs, 29 in, carbs one scoop. in one scoop. And it's just, you know, so if you're going on a really long bike ride or you're doing a long run, it's just great to have with you um, um, and to replenish your electrolytes. So, And I'll use that, you know, like on a long bike ride, if I'm biking for over an hour, I'll put a scoop of that in my water bottle and it's good for rehydration yep. and sustained energy. Yep. Oh. Um, so just be beware of all the energy drinks out there, though, that have the high fructose corn syrup. And if you look at the carb content, you know, it's yep. and if you look at the servings, which is usually like 2.5 yep. servings per bottle, you're looking at, you know, probably 75 grams of sugar and carbs. Yeah. You know, we just don't need that much. No, especially if it's less than an hour. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then. Did we want to cover carbohydrates quick? Yeah, here, we just Cara? have a couple of minutes. Okay. Um, so <laughs> we, there's never enough time. Mm. But this is just a reminder to people listening that all carbohydrates do break down into glucose, which raises blood sugar. And there's a difference in carbohydrates in that some will turn to sugar more quickly than others and some contain more sugar than others. So for peak performance, Focus on eating the slow-burning carbohydrates, not the fast-burning carbohydrates. And those fast-burning carbohydrates are really the cereals, the bagels, pasta, bread, muffins, chips, crackers, cookies, and other dessert-type foods. Yep, and those will all turn immediately into glucose, which raises our blood sugar. Um, That sends a message to make insulin, which in turn will crash the blood sugar. And that was the scenario I gave when I would go on my bike ride or run. And crash. <laughs> yes, pretty much. Um, and so another thing we hear all the time is, you know, if an, an active person is unable to lose weight, even when they are exercising every day, um, this is usually because they're eating too many carbohydrates. Um, and if too many carbohydrates are consumed, they won't they won't actually be converted all to energy. They actually can be stored as excess fat. In yep, the, even during in exercise, yeah. just because you're exercising doesn't mean that you're going to use up all, All the that. carbohydrates that you eat. Yep. So it doesn't mean you can eat half a cake and then go and exercise. Exactly. You won't put it all off. Um, so another downfall to high carb foods is that that can really create inflammation in the body. If you're an athlete who is maintaining a normal body weight, but you have aches and pains, it could be from inflammation coming from high carb, high sugar eating. So sorry, we're running out of time. Um, <laughs> Focus on the complex carbs and the the great non-starchy vegetables. Yep. That's the best carbs. Thanks, everyone. Have a great weekend. Happy Memorial Day. The content and opinions expressed are those of the hosts or presenters. They are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Statements made with respect to products have not been evaluated by the FDA.